Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Welcome, 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 Rico. Well, thank you very much. I want to welcome everybody. Uh, yeah, Let's the Great American again. Collectibles Show. <clears throat> we have a great show. These are the guys that we've had on for since we've been on. They're great. That's uh, why. They get it, both of them. Uh, we've got John Tarby from JT what? Sports. We've got Brian Dwyer. We've got Danny Wilkin coming on later on. What do they get? You said they get them. They get us. They understand they what we're oh, all about. Oh, oh, okay. Sometimes you and I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what we're all about. But anyway. Uh, but before, we're going to bring in uh, – we're, we're, actually, we're bringing in both of them right now. Hi, guys. Right here. How you doing? Hello, How are fellas? you today? Now, before we, we talk to Brian, our headline – Yes, I like to hear. Spectacular find of 1930s Gaudi cards includes Lajueys, Ruths, and Garricks. Descendants of a former Gaudi employee are feeling like a person who wins a lottery two times. An employee's grandchildren found more than 20 high grade Babe Ruth cards from a stash of 1933 Gaudis that were auctioned off in mid November. Recently, they struck gold again, Rick. Stumbling into more than 150 Gaudis from 1933 and 34 in two plastic cases that were hidden in an upstairs attic in their grandfather's Massachusetts home. God. Now, this is a quote, and I, I don't even know how this guy can, he can't even speak English, never mind quote. The new hall includes two 1933 Gaudi Nap cards that Heritage Auctions Executive Vice President Derek Grady calls, quote, spectacular. Grady said, is it actual quote from Grady that they are spectacular? There are also two 1933 Gaudi Ruth cards, three Garrett cards, two of the Garrett cards are from the 1934 and the others from the 33. 33 set. If you want to read the entire article, go to our good friends at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Sports Collectors Daily, that's where you get the yes. news of the hobby. Rich Miller, good guy. I'm saying, guys, there's still fines out there. Yeah, that's a good question right out of the know, gate. I mean, it's, it's great. It's exciting that uh, all this stuff has come up. Brian, I'm going to direct that to you. Rico's making a great point. There are fines that are still out there, huh? hundred percent. We never know what's going to be on the other end of a phone call. And that's what keeps us showing up and doing what we do. And, uh, you know, John's on the program. We, we just had the pleasure of sending John a newly discovered bat from Mickey Mantle that uh, came to us out of the blue and newly discovered. And, and John was able to authenticate it for us. So that'll be in our summer auction. And, and it's just super exciting knowing that stuff's still buried out there. It's amazing. You know, and Ellen and I, you know, we, we're like antique freaks. In the summertime here in historic Massachusetts, there's always yard sales and flea markets and stuff. Yeah. I haven't yeah. found a damn thing yet. Uh, well, <laughs> people are getting heads up now, you know. But uh, this was this uh, was up in an attic, which is fabulous. So any, everybody out there, any collectors out there, go up to the attics and start breaking it down. <laughs> start, start kicking in walls. walls yeah, do all that everything. good stuff, right, John? Old houses. <laughs> 
All right, Brian, you've got an auction coming up. You've got all kinds of stuff coming up. Tell us what's going on right now. You have an auction that's uh, active as we speak. Yeah, we have our May Encore auction active now through Sunday and uh, 3,100 lots, give or take. Everything from 19th century right on up to modern. We've got a great Mickey Mantle collection, PSA 8s, a couple 52 Tops mantles, 51 Bowman mantle. Great, Mm. great selection of of cards on the heels of our $19.5 million spring auction. And then we're gearing up for a big summer auction that coincides with the National. So things are busy around here. That's great. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. You know, the Mantle rookie card, uh, you've got got two 52s or three. How many? Two 52s and then 151 Bowman. And one, 151 Bowman. What's the grade on the, on the 51 Bowman? It's a five. Five. I th- I'm, I'm trying to get the, you know, I own one of those cards, Rick, and I've got to yeah. get the love for the, that card up there. The love? Yeah, the love for the 51 Bowman, man. Yeah, that's a great card, but uh, not the 52. you have one? I do have one. So you, you don't want to sell it, do you? No. Oh, I was going to give you no. 50 bucks. No, 50, but Brian, bucks. you know, I mean, how can we get that card more love? I mean, I, I've always loved that card. I owned one myself before I owned the 52. I think, uh, you know, just seeing these prices continue to escalate, people are going to see the disparity between 52s and 51s. And, and the 51 will come around, but 52 is the granddaddy of, of Tops cards. So it's going to be tough to break it down. But uh, 51 Bowman still a value play, in my opinion. Hey, John, do you, have, you, you don't collect cards, do you? No. No, just strictly bat guy. Strictly bat guys. Soon, you know, um, I, I did collect and years ago uh, did what a lot of people did, called up Mr. Mint, came to the house and he took my collection. I had a run of uh, complete sets from 1953 to 1990. Very Pops, cool. Coleman and Fleer. Very, very, very cool. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's, hey, that's what it's all about, Brian. But you know what we're seeing now? It's, it's kind of like... It, starting to become like to me a breath of fresh air i don't know if you're seeing it on your end but you know uh, we were really concerned at the beginning and i know you've talked about it with us for a long time now over a year about this modern and ultra modern market that's out there and that has exploded but i'm you know after talking now to a lot of these I guess the word is millennial collectors yeah, they are a lot of them are starting to like gravitate towards the vintage stuff, learning about it and buying them. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I've always viewed modern as a gateway. You know, it's it's how I got my introduction to vintage. I, I got my feet wet with, with uh, you know, modern cards when I was younger. And then I started clawing my way backwards. And I look at even some of my employees. I have several 20-somethings that, that work for me. And they came in with an interest in modern cards and box breaking. And now they're looking at these mantles and Ruths and Gehrigs and, and saying, oh, these are, these are pretty cool. And for the same cost of a Bowman Chrome case, I could get a Babe Ruth card. And, uh, and I'm seeing them add cards to their collection that when they started working here, they, they didn't even know existed. So I think modern is cool, huh? a gateway. Some yeah. people stay there. But, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing people go backwards for sure. Well, I could see that. You know, once you get into the uh, and get to learn a little bit more about the market uh, and uh, the industry, that you'd say, what else is there? You right. know, hey, yeah, wow, look at these cards. Um, and the T206 is, uh, of course, their vintage. And uh, I might own one someday. Someday. Uh, so you have 3,100 lots. Uh, so what are some of the other things? Sports, non-sports, uh, history, a little of everything? 
Yeah, so this auction's heavy cards. We go, um, we've got a great run of old judges all the way up through some some Anthony Volpe cards for the modern collectors. But we're breaking down a couple sets in this auction. We've got over 600 T206s. We've got Broadleaf 460 backs, Carolina Brights backs, wow. some, mm. some rare backs there. Um, breaking down high high grade Aaron collection. We've got a Johnson Cookies Aaron rookie in an eight. Um, Jordan rookies, Jordan stickers in nine. Um, we've got great unopened wax and packs. Um, really, a really nice selection of cards came from a lot of different consigners this auction. So I think if you check it out, you'll find some something for everyone. And what's your website, Bry? RobertEdwardAuctions.com. Now the auction ends Saturday or Sunday? And Sunday night. So you have to have your bids in by 9 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Okay, so everybody, you've got, you've got three or four days left. Get your, your bids in. Uh, I, I've got some, some friends that have some cards in there. They're real excited about it. Uh, you always seem to get uh, top dollar for whatever is put in there, so that's, that's great. All right, Brian, thanks a lot, and yeah, uh, good luck with the rest of the auction, and we'll talk Absolutely. to you down the road. Yep. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks very take much. Care, take Brian care, Brian Dwyer. Yeah, man. Okay, he's a good kid, huh, Brian? Brian's a good kid. Yeah. He really yeah. is. Uh, listen, hey, before we talk to John, you know, a lot of people have asked me, and this is the truth, about how they can get a hold of some of the books that Ellen and I have written. Oh, so the first book books. that we're offering right now is, this is a book that was written with, by Ellen and I with Joe Orlando and our dear friend, Rico Petroselli. The name wow. of the book is An All-Stars Cardboard Memories. And it's a great book. And the reason it's a good book is because, you know, we had fun. You and I had fun putting this book together because Rico played with 56, played with or against 56 Hall of Famers and with two, two different generations, from, from Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays all the way up to Dennis Eckersley, George Brett, uh, Rolly Fingers, Brett, and those yeah, guys. Yeah. So, these, so what we did was uh, I sat down, uh, Rico and I, uh, on many different occasions in restaurants and bars, just uh, talking about, you know, I say, Rick, tell me about Willie Mays or tell me about uh, Rolly Fingers. And then Joe Orlando would write about the cards. Yeah. And it was good. Really so cool. right now we're offering this book. You can go on TomZappleMedia.com or you can go on Amazon. If you go on Tom Zappler Media, the book regularly retails for 30, 30 bucks, and uh, you can get it for $25 by going to TomZappleMedia.com. It's kind of a fun read, and I think uh, that if you don't a have different, it, you know, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Than, uh, and there's some great behind-the-scenes Rico stuff in there, so it check a- it out, TomZappleMedia.com. All right, let's get to Mr. Tobby. Uh, John, I went on your site, and you have a bunch of new arrivals. Why don't you tell us about some of the new arrivals you have? We've got we've got a few. We're looking at uh, now. You're catching me by surprise. <laughs> yeah, he does do that. I. See, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, well, you you let's put it this way: you have a bunch of new arrivals that I saw, and I mean, like a ton of them. So, from 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 well, we put up they're current current players. We put right. up. Uh, some uh, Longorias. I saw. Yeah, you've uh, got a bunch of Longorias. Yeah, we got a bunch of Longorias. Which There's you play? A bunch, bunch of his bats available. I wish somebody would buy a few. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he was a good ball player. Oh, even Longoria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah she yeah. she was good actress too. <laughs> he he I was know great. She uh, but uh, he was a good player. Yeah. Uh, also, 
I just to uh, you know jump back for a minute back to the uh, the mantle bat that Brian was referring to. You're yeah. talking about fines. Uh, you know, it was a uh, you know 1964 World Series bat. Wow. Wow. And, you know, with Mickey, that was uh, the last, that was his last big year. Uh, he also, you know, in that series, he sets the home run record. He, he eclipses Babe Ruth and then establishes the uh, the World Series home run record. And forget postseason home runs, you know, World Series home runs. Yeah. Nobody will ever break that record. Did he get that uh, from a private consigner, um, John? Uh, I believe they did, Yes. Yeah, private consigner, yeah. and uh, it was sent in for authentication, and uh, we were happy to do the letter for it. Is it tougher to get bats as opposed to the cards? A any of the? Uh, I mean, rare. You're talking of rare cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it tough? I mean, does it take time? Do you get get them in or suggestions? People say, "Oh, here's a bat," uh, you know, either store bought but but old. Uh, yes, and they they come to you, right? Well, we're we're constantly getting all of the above. Okay, yeah. we're getting store bats, we're getting uh, vintage bats. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I just uh, received an email this morning about a, uh, a Louisville Slugger asking us if it's a pro bat from 1900. Wow. Um, you know, and back then, there's no player names on the barrel. Right. So oh, yeah. Unless you're coming up with something that is, uh, you oh. know, very strong provenance or history, you really can't attribute it to anybody. Yeah. John, what about um, what about store-bought bats, vintage store-bought bats? Like, for instance, a store-bought bat from 1930 with, uh, you know, a Babe Ruth bat from 1930 mm -hmm. or a, uh, I don't know, a, a cob. A, Cobb or or you know, but store bought. Are there value to those bats? Well, there there are. It, you know, if it's not a, and I'll you know, excuse the expression, but I'll call it an off label. You know, that might be a manufacturer that nobody can identify. Right. With. But if you get a Louisville Slugger, okay, from a forty BR, which was the retail code for the Babe Ruth bat. Okay. And direct. Uh, relation to what it's worth are the specs of the bat. Is it the same length that the player used? Is it the same weight? Mm -hmm. So if you get a 36-inch retail bat that weighs, and they did weigh this much in the uh, you know in the era, 40 ounces, 41 ounces. That's right. Okay, yeah. that bat is going to sell for several thousand dollars. Really? Even if it's a uh, oh yeah, even if it's a retail model. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. That's pretty <clears> cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of collectors, obviously, you know, if that's not a retail model, a pro model Ruth in today's market, that's a million dollar bat. Right. Wow. Right. You and take, so, you, you take crack bats also? Old oh, sure. crack bats? Take them, sure. Yeah. Crack bats, some collectors prefer yeah. cracked because yeah. it establishes more likelihood of game use. Oh, right, right. So, you know, I did a card show a couple of weeks ago and a guy came up with his little son there. My bat. Game used bat, and it was definitely mine. I had my number on the, you know, the, on the what do you call there? Uh, right. And uh, it had pine tar. I says, where the heck did they get this bat? How and how? And it wasn't cracked, but he had a second one that was cracked. Of yours? Yeah, of mine. No, I'm not talking about worth. I know it's not worth anything, but I, you know. Well, did you ask you the question? 
What question? How he got it. No, of course not. I don't want to embarrass him in front of his kid. Well, maybe he got it from you. No, no, he didn't get it from me. <clears throat> but, uh... Rico, Chuck, you didn't... Did you ever gift any bats or... No. Give them you never any gave any out? Or? No, I never gave a bat out. I, I didn't. Uh, like, if, if, if a bat was cracked after a game, you never handed a bat to, like, a kid or no, something? No, no, no. I mean, you can not, that wasn't done much back no, then. No, anyway. no, you couldn't. By the way, uh, uh, Finley with the o Oakland A's, Billy Knig, uh, Knigliaro told me, he says, if you crack the bat, <coughs> bat the only way you get a, another bat, a, a good bat, is to give it give it to... You had to turn yeah, it in? You got to turn it in. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Oh, but, uh, well, I, you know, I love I love the bat collecting stuff, man. And yeah, uh, We hear... You know, when we talk to former Bat Boys from the uh, from the fifties in that era, mm. they tell us that uh, if when players crack bats, there would be a separate bin where the crack bats would just get dropped. Yeah, <clears throat> and in most cases, the bats were left there after the game, and they were the Bat Boys ended up with them. Yeah, wow. Yeah, they tried. Nobody them. wanted them. You know, <clears throat> we we just had uh, in the last month or so, and we're going to have this bat at the national. A beautiful Melot bat. Mm. And the history, uh, the original owner, this bat came out of a trash can at after Wrigley Field. It was cracked during the game, and they were actually throwing the bat away. Oh, Can man. you imagine that? Yeah. Jesus. And it's, you know, it's a rare, rare Melot bat. Beautiful. John, do you ever go... Uh, we, have, we have a little time, David, right? John, do you ever yourself, uh, you know... Go to a, a flea market or a yard sale on your own, your own self. And has that ever happened where it's like, wow, and you and you and you spotted something? I am not a flea market guy. <laughs> I I have honestly, I have never gone to a uh, uh, to a flea market. Really, All right? Honestly, you know and. Well, you know, besides we're busy, thank God, you know, yeah, knock yeah. wood. Sure. Uh, and the material, you know, we're fortunate to be, uh, you know, prominent in the industry, in the area of game-used bats. Yep. And uh, there's a constant flow of material through the office. You know, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, Ellen and I went to, there's a big, big flea market. Uh, David, the one down in Rowley, you know, there's that, it's, it's outdoor flea market. Yep. Thousands of, you know. Right, yeah, I think it finds uh, I went looking for one piece of baseball memorabilia, anything, just to see it. Right? Yeah, yeah. We think there was probably five hundred tables. We found one thing: one. a Rico Petroselli, one of those little bats this big. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a little toy bat, yeah, a wooden sell. bat. That was the only thing we found. All right, so we're chatting with John Toby. We have a lot to talk about: bats, bats, and more bats. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, 
We will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. Now on deck with Rico Paracelli. Rico Paracelli. <laughs> Hi, my name is Willie. Time for On Deck with Rico Paracelli. All right, it is time for our segment On Deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer, who was just on with us and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. Now, look it. I got a little confused because <laughs> oh, I, I got a message 
from a viewer who asked me to ask a question, and I can't find the viewer's name or address. Okay. So if you're listening or watching, I told you I would ask the question. I need you to text me or message me with your address again because I can't find the damn thing. So here is the question, and this is kind of a cool question, Rick. Your two favorite ballparks and your two worst ballparks you've ever played in, your two favorite and your two least favorite, what was your favorite ballpark? Uh, Fenway Park. Fenway Park is your Park. favorite? Well, of course. <laughs> 81 games I played there. Yankee Stadium. No. Oh, stop it. The Yankee uh, Stadium. Was, you know what? Uh, let's see. What, um, what was your I second favorite? I think you yeah. can hear me. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your second favorite? Uh, the second one was, uh, I used to like Anaheim. Anaheim, uh, when, they, when they moved out moved there. Closer. Now, Why? I don't know. I mean, was it an easy pocket no, hit? No, I, I take that back. It wasn't Anaheim. Two worst, uh, Oakland, I'm sorry. Oakland was tough. Uh, when I played there, they, they were still working on the field. And at night, you couldn't hit a ball out of there with a bazooka. Really? Yeah. I mean, you crush a ball, and then you got to hit, hit right down the lines. But it was really not a great place to play uh, at, at that time. That's uh, and, and New York was the other place that I – I didn't like it at all. Yankee? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You didn't I mean, why? Yankee Stadium. Uh, 400-some feet, yeah. 402 feet or something to left center field. My best yeah. shot was 401. So if you were a lefty, you'd love it. Oh, yeah. I did. And uh, the old Yankee Stadium was 463 feet to center field. I mean, right. no chance. No chance. But uh, But – Fenway was the great. Everybody loved Fenway. Uh, Lefty or righty? Yeah. Kansas uh, City was tough, too. Kent, you know, was relatively new and uh, had the AstroTurf. That was nice, but same thing. You couldn't hit a ball out of there for uh, for a long time. Day games, yeah, they would jump out of there. Day games were a lot. All, all the day games in, in all those parks, uh, you had a better chance. Yeah, you like playing day games better. Oh, I love playing day games, yeah. But uh, should have been should have signed with the Cubs, right? Oh, okay. Anyway, right. but uh, yeah, Yankee Stadium was terrible. And, of course, I've had uh, people I went to school with booing me, my family, my brothers. <laughs> they were Yankee fans, so, you know. <laughs> All right, listen, we're chatting with John Toby. Before we get back to John, uh, we have decided, Rico, myself, JM, our two producers, we have retired the Staten Island Joe ugly bag. And you know what we decided to do? You know, we've been on the air now for six years. This is our sixth year. And we've decided to go into the archives, and we are going to pick a viewer slash listener every week, and we're going to start with the ones that have been the most loyal to us. So I know there's a lot. there are a lot of you out there that have been with us since day one. Just be patient, and you're going to get, you're going to get your little prize. So this week, we are giving away a Great American Collectibles T-shirt. It's nice, yeah. Uh, this was manufactured by the Petroselli Mark. Marketing group? You're always getting a piece of the action. Right? I'm not. You're always My getting son, a piece of the action. I, I used to own it. I, I, I so this is a Great American Collectibles t-shirt, <laughs> and the first winner of this t-shirt, and trust me, there's about 10 guys that we could have easily picked, but he's special to my heart because he's got a little Italian blood into you. 
our good friend Ray Fonio from Philadelphia. Ooh. Ray's a good kid. He's been very loyal from day one. So, Ray, you know, the, you know the, uh, what you have to do. You know the routine. Email us. Text us. Time out. Time out. What about the other people? They're going to get one as time goes on. I just told no, you. No, you that. said all the people that are loyal to you. What are the all, people? The pe- all the people that are loyal are first in line. Oh, first in line. Well, how do people that aren't loyal? Well, get we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're looking at the, at the analytics of who watches us the most. Oh, do you get the you yes. get that down? Oh, okay. That's a, I, I, I don't I'm, think that's we go, very We're going back into the archives. We're going back. But, uh, the, and this, this is, it's a uh, they're gonna dictatorship. Buy, buy, uh, the buyer's shirt? Or no. Just, oh, oh, okay. As a matter of fact, oh, if Petroselli Marketing lowered their prices a little <laughs> bit. You know what I mean? How he is? You know? John, you just said one to John. John, you got one. Would you <laughs> like one? I would love to have We're, we're going to bring it. We'll bring it to the national for you. Do you want okay. the one with the collar or do you want the T-shirt? Has to have with the collar. Black or gray? Black. You got it. One okay. black. He'll forget. What size? Large? Uh, large is fine. Okay. John gets yep. one. We'll bring one. See, now that's nice. Well, we're going to bring a bunch anyway. Huh. All right, Rick, you had a question. Yeah, John, I didn't realize you uh, you did some stuff uh, for PSA Bats and gloves also. That, yeah, we uh, do gloves, yes. Yeah, you authenticate them for them? What do you well, do? Well, what, what do you- we do, uh, myself and uh, renowned glove <laughs> expert, Denny Eskin. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Denny, is, Denny is the glove guy. He is the glove and, guy. Uh, we've been doing, uh, yeah, we've been doing gloves probably the last 10 years or so. So a Petrocell, did you use the same glove your whole career? Well, no, I had a glove for shortstop. I mean, well, your shortstop glove. Yeah, same glove, and then third base in a two thousand Wilson. And you still have both of them? <clears throat> yeah. Can I have one? No. Just thought I'd ask. And uh, a worth thing. Just out of, Rico, out of curiosity, how many gloves did you use during your career? Well, actually, uh, a couple, uh, two probably because the shortstop glove, the webbing was just the, the leather strings at first. Then they made a whole web, you know, regular web. So they broke once in a while, and so I had to get another one. But the same same model it was a Spalding. Right. Spalding. How many bag. did you go through? One, uh, one plus I had a backup. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, and the same, the third base. I played eight years of uh, shortstop and five of third base. The one at third base I used the whole time. Really? In a two thousand. So when you when you uh, when you played third base, did you? I mean, did did you have that glove, or did they? You'll go out and no. Get one? Wilson came around. The glove manufacturers would come around once a year, and you could take a glove. You know, whoever you signed with. The Spalding was there. Wilson, Rawlings, and you'd pick your glove because I signed with Spalding, <clears throat> and I got the doors from the the stereo from them. From them too. Right? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> all, right, so, all right, so John, I'm going to ask you guys both a, both this question, sure. John, from your your. your from your your perspective, Enrico, from yours, how do you break in? I mean, is is a glove more valuable, John, yeah. the more it's broken in? A game of oh, it's old, right? Well, in as with most game used material, yeah. used is the key word. And uh, collectors they like to see a glove with you know a fair amount of use, well broken in, yeah. um, uh, and you know nice and soft. Uh, and you know, it's, they're just, you can hear just by Rico telling us 
He used one glove at third base for eight yeah, years. Yeah, that's kind of cool, Rio. You can appreciate just how rare game-used gloves are. Yeah, that's a great point. Brooks Robinson, you probably know. 23 years? Same glove? Yeah. Same glove. So let me ask you this I question. Get them. How did you – I mean, there's a lot of viewers out there that have kids that play Little League, Legion. How, what's the proper way to break a glove in? Oh, good. Don't use glove oil. Do not use glove oil. <clears throat> we used to uh, use, uh, what's the name? Foamy. You know the what is it? Shaving cream? No way. Yeah, put all yeah. the shaving cream, cream. It's got lanolin in it. It softens the the uh, leather. Now, were you aware of this, John? Wait a minute. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm you, talking well, about both honestly, of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, not only in the pros. You know, I used to use uh, shaving cream. You yeah. know, when I when I played sure. uh, independent. You know, yeah, we would soften yeah. it up, we'd wrap it up with rubber bands, yeah. put a ball in there or two, and you know. One other way too now, I don't know if the leather changed, but we <clears throat> we had the whirlpool there, warm water. We'd soak it in that and do the same thing and you know, uh, put a ball in there and overnight next day is man. Really? Yeah. Just soak yeah. it in the water, don't be afraid. Well you see, and now when you go to the uh, sporting goods store. They steam them for you when you buy them. They have a steam machine. No kidding. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. When you buy the glove, they soften it right there. They steam it and uh, give it to you before you uh, take it home. Really smart. That that is. That's true. John, do you you work with, um, like, the Hall of Fame or – and or MLB when it comes to bats and uh, maybe uh, consulting with them, giving them advice? Well, we have we have spoken. We don't do a lot of work with either uh, concern with MLB or the Hall of Fame. Uh, the, uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, I've been through there and I know they have their own uh, authentication arm, if you will. Um, and MLB is, uh, you know, is is same thing. They have a you know a legion of uh, authenticators right in the clubhouses all over the country. And, you know, they're stickering and, uh, you know, they're authenticating. You've seen it, the sure. MLB logo that appears. Yeah. Um, no, so uh, we do work, uh, you know, in conjunction with them, but not not a great deal. I wish we could do more, especially with yeah. the Hall of Fame. Oh, that would be great. But MLB, their uh, marketing, not marketing, but merchandising uh, department, friend of mine came up with a, a, a home plate and he put on uh, he he yeah put on there the miles from where that person lived to the hall of fame 22 you know 250 miles and it was uh, there was other stuff on it too so he says you think you can call i call major league baseball the merchandising nothing <laughs> are you kidding me well, we right. don't do those things, you know. You're gonna have to go through this, and you gotta you gotta pay a little bit of money and all that to get. Oh, I'm sure. And that right. was it. Yeah, uh, yeah they very they independent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. Um, you know, we there are so many, so many different bat manufacturers out today, and it seems as though some of the new players. You know, we've used the term in the card industry, manufactured rarities. Some of the bats that are used today by some of the, the modern young players, 
are so scarce because don't they control the manufacturing of that bat, John? Like a Mookie Betts or a Tatis, any one of those guys. Do they actually have a say into how many bats are going to be manufactured and who has those bats? Well, you know, believe it or not, I had asked this same question to the bat manufacturers. I was under the impression, especially, you know, if you want to call it the uh, the modern era, you know, today, that a lot of the players purchase their own bats, especially the players who are selling them when you see them in the marketplace. However, that's not the case. And what I found was, I mean, not only a high percentage but nearly 100%, you know, manufacturers were telling us 98%, 97% of the bats manufactured for the players are actually purchased by the team. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah purchased by the team still. And, uh, you know, I, I found that very surprising. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many. I mean, I got a new manufacturer this week. I First time I've seen one, a tater. A Ta- tater bat. Hey, George Scott. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah tater. tater bat. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> so with, uh, so these bat manufacturers, like let's use this company Tater. So what do do they? It's got to be a, an MLB authorized bat, correct? So what yes. do they do? They yes. pitch Major League Baseball. Well, they get approval from MLB. Yeah, anything that they want to sell on a professional level has to be approved, and that's either the material, the finish, the process. Uh, the colors, the species of wood, uh, all of that. Exactly, now, all of that needs to be approved. When, by when you played, was it just H and B, Louisville Slugger? And then Adirondack came on the scene, and uh, yeah. they were competing. But Bill Lee, spaceman, uh, terrific pitcher, uh, still playing ball somewhere. But I saw him. They have. To- he came up with a bat, and it was, it was part wood and part something else. I mean, you know, what, yes. what do they call them? And he tried to get it in there. If you can get a player to use the bat, then it makes it easier. Makes it easier. Yeah. And let's say uh, a guy get, uses the bat and has some success. There's a good bat, and somebody else uses it on a team. A couple of other guys. That helps. That helps MLB to okay the yeah, bat. Yeah, but, but they they can't yeah. use it. They have to use it in the in a exhibition game. Yeah, it? spring training because they break bats. You know, well, I mean, it has to be approved. Yeah, yeah, but uh, well, th- this was a pretty good bat. Yeah, a couple manufacturers have done that in the '60s. Uh, Louisville Slugger, they called them spline bats. S P L I N A. Yeah. They made them up, and they were infused with. Uh, it was ash as the basic wood, yeah. and then the barrel area was infused with hickory oh, wow. or, uh, you know, maple, and they were trying it to harden the contact sure. area. Yeah. Hoosier yeah. also did that around the year 2000, and they called it the Force 2000. Uh-huh. And what and happened? Sure. It, did, it didn't catch on? Well, I, you know, honestly, hickory and maple. You know, especially maple. Sure. Maple supplanted, uh, you know, that. They didn't have sure. to infuse it. You know, they had sure. ash bats for the players who preferred ash. And then the majority of the players today are using, uh, you know, they're using birch and they're using maple. John, what about fakes? Do you do you stumble upon a lot of fake bats? They stole my question. Um, not, well, we stumble upon professional bats that are used by 
other than the player. Not necessarily, you know, a fake bat is to me is something that uh, somebody creates that they make it. We don't run into that, but we run into quite often a major league bat that is gifted by a player. It may be a, you know, and when the player gives it away, it's brand new. It's mint. It's unused. Oh. But then it comes into the office with use on the bat that is contrived. Like yeah. we'll see. Did you ever see the batting cage balls that look like big golf balls? Yeah. We'll see those small holes oh. you know, as a ball mark. We'll we'll notice the ball mark from one, a ball like that. Yeah. You know, and these wow. are being, that's uh, wild. you know, we yeah. see that quite often. Oh, that's great. Wow. I mean that's uh, is is the is the bat market changing, John? For you know, I, I mean, listen, you're a vintage guy. I'm a vintage guy. Rico's a vintage guy. Are the young are the, are the, are the those again those young investors slash collectors gravitating towards buying the modern bats? Uh, yes, and also gravitating to there's a few. Well, quite a few, you know, the market is very strong right now. Right. You know, you, you know, you've talked to Brian, you've talked to the auction companies, you know, private sales uh, are very, very aggressive price wise right now. And there's a whole new body of interest in the vintage players, which we didn't see, you know, five years ago, wow. there was Babe Ruth, there was Ty Cobb, there was Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays. And, and Rico a, Petroselli. Right. And Re, right, Rico. And they're then, going like hotcakes, huh? And then for the second tier Hall of Famers, you know, when you drop down and, you know, this is, this, I'm not pointing fingers at any particular player, but when you got into the Bill Mazeroskis, the uh, uh, Billy Hermans, the Chuck Kleins, you know, when you got into yeah. that level, which had been, strong yeah. you know 15 years ago all right that area softened up now today hmm. there is now an influx of people who are again trying to amass a hall of fame collection very and hard. we're seeing an uptick in prices uh, across the board on vintage material very cool yeah. especially when the guy makes the hall of fame i would think uh, exactly. the value goes up exactly. <clears throat> all right john we got about a minute left uh your website address GameUsedBats.com. Now, if you have a game-used bat, you need to get it authenticated. There's only one place to go, and that's John. Absolutely. But go on to – I mean, some of your prices are really, really, really reasonable. Uh, I kind of yeah. went through your whole inventory online. You've got some really good good prices, well, you, John. You mentioned the new arrivals. Uh, you know, so I, I jumped away from that, but we have several nice bats of Schmidt. Rico, mm. you should take a look at the Wade Boggs that we put up uh, recently. It's beautiful. I saw that. One of the great hitters. Yeah, he was, he was a great hitter. TU-10. And uh, also, before uh, we go, I, I just wanted to let everybody know that we're going to be out at PSA headquarters in Orange County next week. We'll be doing on-site submissions. Oh, very cool. Game use bats. Uh, nice. And we'll be there uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. So we're looking forward to seeing our friends on the uh, West Coast. And you'll also be at the National. He got it again, my question. But here's what we're going to do. Just... <clears throat> if, if For our viewers out there, if you purchase, anybody that purchased an Evan Longoria bat, 
John is going to let us know, and we are going to send you <laughs> Eva, a great American, whatever his name is. We are going to send you a great American collectibles polo shirt to go with it. That's nice. All you have to do is buy it from John. John will let us know where your address is, and we'll get one in the mail to you. John, we'll see you at the National, and you're buying. Uh, no, uh, no, just kidding. We, yeah, we look, look forward, forward to, to seeing hey, you, man. We have a blast. That's the deal. All right. All right, John, we love you. Thanks, John. Take care. Have a great week. All right, we're going to take a quick break now. We come back. Danny Wilkin from Memory Lane slash Pawn Stars is going to join us. Hang in there. We're going to be right back. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. 
Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag, and every tag is NFC-enabled so you can see the detailed specs ebay authenticity guarantee no fakes no fraud no doubt uh ebay read after the commercial second commercial oh break. my god almighty you said to read it they're not you? supposed to do it like uh, that come on what the, they gotta know where where it goes in the god place almighty. well this folks you know that ebay is the place to go for all of your sports memorabilia sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone Tom. or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash for gas. Uh, I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay, connecting buyers and sellers globally. All right. We uh, are bringing in an old friend of the show. Uh, he has not he's been not with old. us for a while. No, he looks old. He looks about 90, but no. <laughs> He's uh, he's a great guy, Danny. Welcome from a Memory Indian Lane. Pesos. Memory Lane, formerly of Pawn, not Pawn, Pawn Stars, formerly Pond. of Pawn Stars. How long were you on Pawn Stars for, Dan? I was on the show for about five years. Did about fifty episodes and uh, had a great time with it. We've just been so busy at the uh, office that I decided instead of flying back and forth, it was time to leave on top. Do you keep in touch with Rick? Not really. No. Not really. Those no. guys are busy. We're busy. And, you know, they still, the guy that replaced me was uh, Dave Kohler of SCP. I'm sure so I, I know Dave. I can't wait to see him. Yeah. Oh, oh so he hasn't been on yet, has he? I don't think so. Dave's a great guy. Yeah, we've uh, had Dave on. We've had Dave on a few times. When you were there, uh, if somebody came up with uh, an item and you, you okayed it. Did you give, write him a check right there? Or how did, you, how did that, you know, work? 
I would be the one that would appraise all the memorabilia. Yeah. And if Rick didn't want it, there were times where he would say, you know, if you want to buy it for the price that the guy's willing to sell it at, go ahead. So yeah, I'd cut him a check. So there were perks to it. You know, he definitely included me in different deals, introduced me to, you know, different clients that were looking for stuff. Hmm. So in essence, it's none of the experts get paid. They don't get paid. And, uh, you know, they primarily, they get the exposure. Hmm. So in order to make it be- have a mutual benefit, you know, benefit, it's, uh, you know, I was able to get deals and, and I mean, right. It had to really help you and memory lane either or right. I mean, cause I know you work privately also. Hey, Danny, I got to tell you something. Thomas Sulo, he, he is, he's distraught that you're on and he's not. That's all I'm saying. He, he says, how can you have him on? I have the looks. I'm the guy with, you know, and, and, and ah. I, I said to, I said to Joe, Joe, you're out. You know, Danny's in, you're out. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Hey, listen, you have a, a an auction that closes on the 21st. Tell us about yeah, it because this is a, this yeah, is no, a it's, huge. It's big. It's it's absolutely big. This is probably going to be the biggest auction ever. Um, Manny Gordon, who we dearly miss. miss. The, I mean, the guy was just he was the greatest. He well, very he good, just there. a legend, a legend in in the hobby. Yeah, but he would collect the the type of stuff that he would collect would be, you know, you hear in the industry that a card's graded a nine. So when you look at his collection, it's like his stuff is really like all 9.9s. Because, right. you know, his yeah. background, he was a, he's a, was a diamond dealer and everything. So you look at all the quality, all of the quality. It's not the quantity as much as it's the quality of his Gaudi cards. I mean, you know, the first group, of, the first five lots in the auction you know, are the uh, Ruth Gowdy's and the Garrett Gowdy card. But, you know, he collected everything that was so high end. You know, it wasn't a low end nine or a mid grade nine. Everything was so pristine because his eye with diamonds transferred into his eye with cards. Very, very cool. Now, how many lots in the auction? God, there's 2,092. You know, I think uh, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, there's 2,144. I stand to correct myself. 2,144 lots. Jeez, and right. what else besides the, the Gaudis? What else? Uh, are you, I mean, you guys have all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, well, just to let you know, the, the 33 Gaudi Ruth right now, the card number 144, it's well over $600,000. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. You know, guys on cardboard. This is cardboard encapsulated in plastic. And the demand for this stuff has gone through the roof. Um, lot five is a Gaudi Gehrig. That's incredible. It's card 92. And that is over 550,000. Imagine, that's, that's I mean, it's crazy. It's, well, it's listen. insane. It's insane. And the other thing, we have a, a lot of cool unopened packs. We have a 48 leaf pack, which is, you know, over about 60 grand. And we've got a really cool 76 football cello with Walter Payton's rookie cards right on the front. Beautiful. And that's only at 25 grand. Unbelievable. Just mm. Danny, you've been in this industry and this hobby a long time. Have you ever seen anything like we have seen the last year and a half or two years? You know, to compare years ago, you know, proportionally, monetarily, I've only seen this happen once where things were hot as hell, you know, or things just were escalated. But that was 
that was pretty much in the 80s. You know, today there is so much, there's so much new money and it really is incredible. You know, you have people paying over a million dollars for a video game and it's these video games are from my generation. So it's, you know, at 50 years old, you should at least have, you know, some video games laying around, but like these punch out Mike Tyson punch out and Donkey Kong and all this, you know, all these video games, you know, they're, it's insane. What's know, a, what's a, what is that? What is a Mike? A, I used to kick my son's ass in that game with right. Mike Tyson punch out. I got, to, you know, I figured it all out and I, I used to go right through all the boxes is what is that game go for now? You know, it just depends on the grades. You know, WADA yeah. is a is a part now of PSA, and they're grading the games. But you know, one could go for ten thousand, one could go for two hundred thousand. Kick his it's butt. Just, well, it's just it's insane. It. But cards, cards are are you know continuous. It's all about the population of the card. Right. You know, there right. there are certain cards you know that are out there. Many in nines, like the Kofax rookie, the Namath rookie. Things like that are starting to kind of come down a little bit, but it's the pop ones, the pop twos that, you know, people, they, they race on the, on the set registry that PSA's, you know, been so successful at creating and everybody is they're They're fighting for that number one spot, you know, it's competition. And to, if there's only two and that there are 30 sets on uh, on the PSA set registry they want the best of the best it's just yeah. just like this Ruth Gowdy you know that's sure. only one graded higher so it's it's wow. going to go for well over seven figures but you mentioned before about the, the you know the the value going up I mean cards financial uh, people are recommending while well, you buy gold you know to offset yeah. uh <clears throat> I think the same thing holds true with that's a good point. With the cards, the value is going to stay up, you know, keep high, maybe go higher. You know, yeah. people buy diamonds, they buy gold. Well, not only that, but with the economy as it is right now, I mean, it, it's it's almost like it's a better investment. I mean, I look at my some of my IRAs and and yeah. some of my investments, yeah. and then I look at my card values, man. <laughs> well, I think it's because it's a it's an emotional thing, you know. Yes, it's yes, something exactly. you want. Somebody, you know, no matter what, I, this is this is my guy. You know, Hank, Aaron, Mickey, or whatever. Yeah, they so, you know I, that's what rather, I see. Yeah, I see happening. You're a hundred percent right. They'd rather yeah. not pay their mortgage and buy a card. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we definitely laugh at it, but it's true that they'd rather be behind on their bills because they need that Kofax to fill their Kofax run. But I'm telling you, there's a guy in Colorado that bids really heavy in our auction. And he just referred a friend of his who's in the financial, you know, sector. And he's, he called me yesterday and said that he's ready to, he's not, he's very green at it. He's new, but he's been following his friend and what he's been buying. And he's just, he's ready to like pour a lot of money into cards. And you just have to be careful because let me tell you, I had an, I had an, uh, a customer that gave me the marching orders to go and find 50 Luka Doncic card, rookie cards, yeah. the, the, uh, the Panini, the base card. So they were go about a year and a half ago, they were going for $1,800 to $2,000. I said, just wait till they come down. There are too many. He said, no, I want you to get them. I went, I probably spent about $85,000, $90,000 to pick up 50 of those for him. I can get the same 50 today 
for about $17,000. And he said, what happened? And I said, I told you to wait because every day there are more and more tens coming out. There are almost 20,000 PSA tens. I I totally agree with you on that. You got to be real careful, especially with the modern and ultra modern. Absolutely. And the pump and dump. The pump, like you can't trust all these influencers all these youtubers you got to be careful i am so right. on the same page with you Dan. their stock is going up same, they're, they're collecting and then they dump it about. and your life savings for a guy who who took a four hundred thousand dollar loan against his house now his stuff's worth a hundred grand and he's way upside down in the house and he's got a family to feed yeah. danny what's your yeah. website address www.memorylaneinc.com and i'll tell you there's a lot more stuff in the auction. There's a Pete Rose debut ticket. Um, there's an 8485 star Jordan. There's a really cool signed baseball. The, the 1920 New York Giants with wow. Matthewson, which is amazing. Uh, listen, we, we're, we're cut for time, but I'm telling you right now, I'm tracking that ball. Uh, Thomas Sulo is on me because I'm, I'm working on a, on a collection of baseballs. And oh, cool. I'm, I am tracking that ball uh, I've discussed it with my son. I said, I think oh, I'm going to put it off there. Stay with it. All, All right, right, Dan, listen. See you at the auction. We'll, we'll, see, at we'll see you at the National, national number one. And number see two, everybody at the National. We're going to get you back as a guest host with Rico and I. Ooh. We'd love to have you guest host. Yeah. I love that. I really appreciate it. I miss okay. you guys. And that set is insane. I know. It I, haven't, I mean, it was a little room, and now you're on CNBC. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, a nice, it's a nice, beautiful studio. We're real happy. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right. Listen, say hi to JP. Say hi to Joe and the gang over there, and we'll yeah. see you at the National. Take care. Great to see you guys. Take, Take care. care. Dan Wilkin from Memory Lane. Good guy. All right. Listen, uh, we're about done. Quick CSA. Yeah. CSA shows proud to present the Chantilly Show being held on June 24th to 26th. Held at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, just minutes from the Dulles International Airport. They're celebrating over 25 years at the same location. There'll be over 300 dealer tables exhibiting on over 100,000 square feet of space. Big. With both vintage sports card memorabilia as well as modern-day sports treasures, you won't have to look very far for that special card, bat, ball, or autograph. Major auction houses and third-party grading companies will be on site to assist you with your collecting and authentication needs. You said it right. Some of the greatest players to ever grace the gridiron will be on hand, including Mel Blanc, Chris Carter, Marshall Falk, Doug Flutie, Mean Joe Green, Richard Seymour, and many, many more. For more information, go to That's the Chantilly Show, where you can find all of your sports collectible treasures. CSA Show. Holy jeez. Good job. You okay? I have an heart attack. All right. You're all right. All right. Listen, uh, guys, great show. Uh, nice job yeah. producing. Rick. Yeah, nice great to see you. See you in a couple of weeks if yeah. I'm still around. But You're uh, around. You're around. And with that being said, we love you guys. Thanks for all, all your support. Uh, and uh, with that uh, being said, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.